Jesus' brother James wrote, You do not have because you do not ask God. So, as we come to the end of this year's May You Pray series, what are you asking God for? So far in this series, we've prayed and asked God for a lot of things, like hope, like the ability to know Jesus better, like help for people in our lives. But are you asking for any miracles right now? Yes, I am sure, just like me, you're praying about this and you're praying about that. But are we praying for God to do the miraculous in our lives? This week, as we conclude our May You Pray series, we're talking specifically about May You Pray for God's Power to be displayed. And I want to tell you about a miracle my family experienced. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and I'm the founder of Family Disciple Me. I'm also the mom of five. And in this episode, I want to tell you about this miracle we experienced because it gives me the courage to pray for more miracles. And I hope that it will encourage you to ask God for the miraculous too. What's more, I tell you this story because I hope that it sparks within you some reminders of your Jesus story so that you can then go have a meaningful, intentional discipleship conversation with those entrusted to you. And speaking of discipleship conversations, the conversation guide that goes along with this episode is available in the show notes. Looking back, we now believe it started with a concussion, actually a double concussion. On an early January day during her junior year of high school, our oldest daughter, Anastasia, went for a run with her dad. Unbeknownst to them, there was some ice on the trail, and Anastasia had hardly taken her first steps before she hit a patch of ice, slipped, and hit her head on the frozen ground not once, but twice. Kelly brought her back into me, and we laid her on the couch, and we knew that something really serious had happened. As she gained the wherewithal to describe to us what she had felt, we came to understand that it was indeed a double hit to the back of her head. This happened just before schools, and I think society as a whole had very much common knowledge about concussions. It was just starting to come out such that there wasn't really the resources available that there are now just a handful of years later. Anastasia was bedridden for months. She was disabled for basically the rest of the year. She almost didn't finish her junior year of high school It almost completely messed up her senior year and graduation credits. It took her out of dance. It took her out of volunteering. It waylaid her entire active life that she had had up to that point. All along, we were trying to seek help from every source we could find, and we were calling out to God to heal her, and we were so thankful when it seemed that the after effects of that major concussion started to heal. She graduated from high school. She graduated on time. She graduated with her associate's degree, which was miraculous. And we thought everything was well and good. And we packed her up and sent her off the next fall to college. 
We all thought that everything was fine by that point, and we were so excited for her to experience college and all that it brings in life. But it wasn't too very many months into college when Anastasia began experiencing more really difficult health symptoms. And at first, we just thought it was the stress of adjusting to being away from home and a new schedule and a new lifestyle. We thought maybe her immune system was just getting used to being surrounded by so many people in a college dorm, and she just kept catching bugs here and there. We honestly didn't chalk it up to much except be sure to take your vitamins, make sure you're eating healthy food, make sure you're getting enough sleep. But by her second semester of college, Anastasia started on this downward spiral health-wise that was so severe and so sharp that I knew we were in trouble. Our Anastasia is a go-getter. And in high school and in college, she was a straight-A student. She danced between 20 and 30 hours with professional youth ballets at the time. She volunteered. She worked part-time jobs. She was a type-A girl who could get it done. But all of a sudden, she couldn't get anything done. She could barely get out of bed to go to class. And she was basically locked into her dorm room, hardly able to function. Well, that semester, she came home for spring break, and we immediately started trying to figure out what was wrong with her. We took her to this doctor and that doctor. We had this test done and that blood drawn. We had this assessed and that assessed. We took her to regular physicians. We took her to a homeopathic doctor. We tried everything. I'll never forget that when she went back to college that year, we were apart for Easter, and on Easter Day, she literally cold turkey completely changed her diet and went paleo, cutting out anything and everything she could possibly think of that might be keeping her from healing. So desperately did she want to be well. So on that Easter Sunday, which she ended up spending with other people and other friends down in Phoenix, she basically didn't enjoy anything of Easter, lunch, brunch, whatever it was, because she was so committed to try to find healing in this journey. She had about a month of college left at that point, and we prayed and prayed and we asked God to just heal her, to raise her up. Honestly, we didn't experience healing, but the miracle we did experience was that she never ended up going to the emergency room in the midst of this. She finished the semester, she finished that college year, and she came home, and my beautiful, active, type A, capable, young woman daughter was consigned to the couch. She couldn't move. She couldn't get up. She could hardly engage. She couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't process things. She couldn't do things. She couldn't help out on the farm. She couldn't make food. She basically had become an invalid. And we're watching this happen and we're devastated because at that point, if I remember correctly, she was only like 20. My God, what is happening? We continued to try to search for answers and get help. And the thing about going from doctor to doctor is that nobody would take all of her symptoms into account. Every doctor looked at the symptom individually instead of her as a whole person. 
I have to say the only doctor that did a whole person approach was the homeopathic doctor, and he got her started on a regimen which she followed. But even with that, even with this really strict hardcore diet she was following, there was no improvement. She was so strong. I remember how much she leaned into the Lord during this time. I never, ever saw her complain. I never saw her bitter. I never saw an ugly spirit in the midst of this, but it was so hard. During that season, our family took a big trip back to the East Coast, and there was one moment where we visited this famous pizza place in Chicago with friends, and they brought out our food while simultaneously they brought out Anastasia's very plain salad, and she just broke down in tears. It was so hard to see our amazing girl completely, completely strapped in and disabled by her body. And we kept crying out to God, and we kept asking Him to heal her. Well, the summer ended, and we decided to send her back to college, even though we weren't quite sure how she was going to maintain her really strict diet. We didn't know how that was going to work on the campus of the particular school she was going to. We didn't know if she'd have the strength to do that third semester of college, but we decided to take a chance and send her back. So she went and she re-engaged college and she did her best. She made good grades, but basically still she was an invalid to a room. She was only able to do just a fraction of what she had been entirely capable of doing just a couple years prior. She made it through that semester. She came home for Christmas. Nothing had changed. (laughs) She was still struggling so, so much. We decided to keep pressing into our educational journey, to keep trying. She was fully committed to going to college, to doing her best. And so she went back the next semester. And about that time, she began engaging a church down in Phoenix a church called Antioch. She began making friends and and being a part of that college ministry, which was so amazing. And about February, they started talking about a mission trip that they were going to take to Tijuana. And that mission trip was an amazing opportunity. But she was so, she was so much of an invalid by that point that we didn't even know how she could survive the van ride from Phoenix to Tijuana. We didn't know what she would eat when she got there because she couldn't eat what everybody else was eating. And also the very few things that she could eat were harmful to the other severe diet friends that were on the trip who were highly allergic to some of those things. So it just didn't make sense how it could even work out. But I felt in my spirit that Anastasia was supposed to take a risk. She was supposed to go on that mission trip. And as we processed it back and forth, I said, I don't know how, but I believe you're supposed to go on this mission trip. I believe God has something for you on this trip. So she signed up. 
She bought her paleo bars. <laughs> we prayed. We asked God to do something to help her, to help her to literally be able to stand on the streets of Tijuana with her team and minister in Jesus' name to other people, that she would literally have the physical stamina to do things that she hadn't had the stamina to do in months, in years. And so she went. And once she crossed the border into Tijuana, we lost contact with her texting I knew that I could get hold of her through her roommate. Her text, for whatever reason, worked in Tijuana, but I couldn't directly get hold of Anastasia. And thus became my time that I just turned to prayer and intercession. Praying fervently for her was nothing new. (laughs) Our family had been doing this all along the way, all the way back, beginning with the severe concussion and then into this autoimmune disease, whatever it was that was plaguing her journey. But when she went to Tijuana, the prayer, the begging God, the intercession became even more desperate, perhaps than it had ever been. And I'll never forget the Tuesday as I was thinking about Anastasia and as I was praying for her, As I was asking God to do a miracle in her life, all of a sudden, he asked me something. I was standing in the bathroom of all places when God asked me, do you believe I have the power to do this? And in that moment, I felt like he was asking me, if I was really asking him to do a miracle. Tasha, do you believe that I can do this? Oh, yes, God. Yes, 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 yes. I must mention here that I was raised in churches and denominations that didn't believe that God heals today, that didn't teach me that God does the miraculous Sure, they didn't mind it when somebody was healed or something really miraculous happened, but they didn't ask for it. They didn't talk about it. They didn't actively, publicly pray for it. But as an adult, I've learned that God doesn't have to be kept in a box. He is bigger than all that. He can do anything he wants. In fact, Anastasia and I had spent a lot of time the year prior, talking about taking God out of the box and asking him to do the amazing, powerful things in us, through us, around us. Did we believe that he could do this? Yes, we believed it with our heads and it was starting to move into our hearts. And on that Tuesday, God was specifically speaking to me saying, Tasha, do you believe that I have the power to do this in Anastasia's life? And I said, yes, with all my heart, yes. Well, on that particular day, our fourth born, Anna Larie, was preparing for a mission trip to Ecuador. It was really an amazing moment. Simultaneously, our second born daughter was on a mission trip in Africa. So three girls on that very day on the mission field, in Jesus' name. 
And as Ana Lurie was preparing for her mission trip to Ecuador, she had stayed home from school that day and I was helping her pack and prepare. And suddenly, I got a text. I got a text from Anastasia. It was a text through her college roommate's text thread. And she said, I'll tell you more when we get back stateside. But I just wanted you to know right now that God healed me last night. And I just started weeping. I started weeping and crying and I couldn't stop. What? He had done a miracle? He had healed Anastasia? He had set her free from these years of being an invalid, of being injured, of being wounded, of struggling with autoimmune diseases. It was over? She was healed? I just wept and cried. I couldn't stop crying. I knew it was true. My spirit knew it was true. God had done something powerful. He had displayed his power through Anastasia. I couldn't wait to hear the story. Well, as soon as they got out of Tijuana and back into San Diego, Anastasia began texting us and saying, it's real. It's true. I'm healed. God healed me on that mission trip. Our whole family gathered on the couch for a FaceTime call later that week so that we could hear her story. And we were all just incredulous of what had happened. And it wasn't just a private healing. It was a healing that every single person on that mission trip was witness to. It was a healing that I think I'll have to save the details of for another day because this podcast is going a little long, but I want you to know that God's power was displayed in my daughter Anastasia's life. And here's the thing. God's mighty power is the same today as it was during that season when he chose to reach down and answer our prayers and heal our daughter. We will praise him for the rest of our lives for this. And it gives us courage to keep praying and asking him to do more miraculous things in our family and in the lives of those we love and care about. So, This week, as we conclude our May You Pray series, we're specifically asking God to display His power in and through us. We come to the end of Ephesians 1, and we focus on verses 19 and 20, and we're praying that His incomparably great power will be displayed in us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And friends, that power is available to work in and through and around your life and your relationships. The question is, are you asking for it? I sure am. Yes, my family experienced that amazing miracle, but there are still other miracles for which we desperately want to see God's power displayed. And so we press in. We keep praying. We don't give up. And I challenge you, whatever your 
miracle is that you desperately need God to do in your life, that you continue to pray, that you surrender your plans, your desires, and you set your eyes by faith upon our sovereign, all-powerful God. Nothing is too difficult for Him. So friends, let's keep asking. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory. Amen. To Him be glory. And to you, my friend, be encouragement. Now go with God, disciple the next generation about this, and may you pray for God's power to be displayed.